Dangerous Times at Chillhaven High presents Ghost Story. We open in Media Res and in Forest Dead. What? <laughs> Were you trying to rhyme? For Quest Olsen, anyway, um, it that is true. <laughs> Maybe I should have done it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. It's so good. Go ahead. So good. Love it. I love the what you're what you're doing with words. <laughs> but one Angela Atticus Jr. is very much alive. For now. We find her in the darkened embrace of the anodyne pines at night. At her feet, the cracked, desiccated, soul-sucked corpse of former paranormal influencer and formerly alive person, Quest Olson. And directly across from her, its sickening, elongated arm, wriggling through the air in her direction, is the hideous, black-clad form of the anchorite. Angela, I believe when we left you, you were about to roll to kick some ass. I got a 12. Okay. (gasps) Hell yeah. We see Angela Atticus Jr. Pull up her arm, put it behind her back, and unsheath her sword. Thinking that she wants to take the fingers off of the priest since they're quickly moving towards her, Last minute, she decides to cut him off at the elbow. Angela, expecting blood to be spewing out of the rock priest, instead saw half of his arm fall to the forest floor and disintegrate into gray dust and float away in the wind. Why are you bleeding? Well, I guess you're not human. That makes sense. We hear the anchorite hiss and see it take a step backwards. Once its initial surprise at your successful attack abates, however, the creature holds its ground. We watch as it holds its new dusty stump up before its face and consider it through its impenetrable black sunglasses. You see, Angela, no indication of pain or distress in the face of the rock priest, only a cold, reptilian curiosity. After this brief moment of contemplation, the anchorite returns its attention to you, Angela, and in a flash, lashes out at you with its one remaining sickly elongated arm. As the rock priest reaches for Angela again, she doesn't have enough time to really think what she wants to do. So she goes ahead and tries to cut off his other arm. Once more, His arm falls to the ground and disintegrates into dust. (laughs) You got no more arms. (laughs) Want to keep coming towards me? Take your fucking legs off next. Once again, the anchorite dispassionately examines the stump where his other arm once was. And then back to his other now empty stump. Before returning his gaze to you, Angela. And he laughs. (laughs) Um, 
Why are you laughing like that? It's been so long since I have felt the ecstasy of the destruction of my physical form. Are you saying you want me to harm you more? (laughs) Sweet little child. Your bite is sharp, but you could no more harm me than you could blot out the sun. We see the anchorite, halves of arms limp at his side, take a confident, slow stride directly towards you, Angela. His face locked in a rictus grin. Angela keeps her eyes locked on him and her instincts want her to move backwards, but she stays put. The anchorite takes another long stride towards you and you can feel his breath on your face as he closes the gap between the two of you and it feels ice cold. Why are you still standing? What would you prefer I do, child? I would prefer you to get in my car and come with me to my friend's house so that we can tie you up and kill you. (laughs) Angela, sick of his annoying laugh, puts her sword back in its carrier on her back and swiftly karate chops him in the throat to stop him from laughing. Angela. Yeah? You karate chop this ancient creature in the throat. (laughs) And you feel the dry crack of his ancient flesh give way beneath the weight of your fist. And then you feel a sharp sting on your wrist as he latches his teeth into your arm. Ow, fuck. Angela, you feel a tear all the way through your thick, woody flesh. Angela grabs onto her arm where he took a bite in it, looks down, and then looks back at him and squints her eyes in anger. (laughs) What do you want? Why are you here? Just like the olden days. What? When I would... Wait to fiend. What are you? You're not just a vampire. No, not for a long time. I am the will of the one who sees all. I am its grand design made flesh. I will... Angela takes out her sword again and puts it between them with the blade, the tip of the blade at his chest and steps back to create some distance between them. The anchorite grins even wider than it would make sense for a grin to fit on this face. And it takes a step towards you, pressing the blade of your sword into its desiccated flesh. Do you know, child, that I can hear their screams, all of them, billions of them. Your parents.
parents? Or your first parents? Your friends? You? Oh, how you screamed when you died, child. At this point, Angela is annoyed and angry with what the rock priest is saying, so she pushes her sword and twists it into the rock priest's chest, knowing that it won't really harm him, but knowing that it will make her feel better. <gasps> Ew, you're a gross little pervert. We see the anchorite take one final step towards you, Angela, pressing himself up to the hilt of your sword. And then you feel a press of weight on your hand, and you see his legs buckle beneath him as the anchorite stops supporting itself entirely and allows your blade to slide up through its chest, through its neck, and then bisect directly through its horrific, grinning maw before the entirety of what remains of its form collapses into dust and drifts off on the wind. Angela puts her hands down at her side and looks around, very confused. Well, that was weird. We cut to the inside of Flo's house where we see Penny just starting to wake up lying on Flo's couch in the living room. Next to her, we see Heck just sitting there watching her, waiting to wake up. Morning. Hey, Penny. Hi. How long was I out? Um, Well, it's hard to tell because um, your eyes uh, don't close. Right. You'd be surprised how much I forget that, to be quite honest. Yeah, well, I mean, you're not the one, like, sitting there watching yourself sleep while your rapid eye movements go like, and just see all of them. You're watching that? And then Penny puts both hands over all three eyes. Oh, sorry, it's okay. I mean, um, I don't really, like, technically sleep at all. I just sort of, like kind of power down a little bit so I don't even know what my eyes do I kind of feel like I just power down to be quite to, to be fair like I feel I don't always feel like I go to sleep I feel like I'm supposed to be doing something really important and Penny starts like tapping around and looking for her phone to see what time it is <laughs> things feel urgent all of a sudden oh um hey yeah I I've got your phone right here oh bad news I do think that you landed on it a little bit the screen is pretty busted what does it work at all? Uh, I don't know. I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't want to try and be invasive or anything like that. Oh, I, I, I turned it over there. so I, I didn't want to see your notifications while you were asleep. But um, <laughs> be a good boy. <laughs> I'm glad that you uh, survived. Um, but I think probably you shouldn't have jumped out the window. Well, I probably shouldn't have got grounded. So it's really my dad's fault. That's one way to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, how how do you how do you feel? Um, Wait, hold on. There's something Coach always used to do. Um, I'm not running. Uh, oh, well, um, I'm not going to call you the word he called us. <laughs> oh, uh, what's your name? Penny. Uh, who's the president? 
Is it Mayor Field Goal? <laughs> That's close enough. What, <laughs> what year is it? 22. <laughs> and how many fingers am I holding up? That's a trick question. Your hands are in your lap. Ah. <laughs> You're doing way better than I did after my con- Wait a minute. I couldn't have had a concussion. What? Oh, never mind. <laughs> Penny just starts giggling and looking at Heck and just saying, we should hang out more, I think. I really miss this. I'm sorry I've been so busy. Uh, well, you know, it's not it's not your fault. You know, like, um, you've got a lot of special gifts. And um, this town is full of horrible things that uh, yeah. require... You know, your efforts and, um, but yeah, you know, it would be nice to just like not do things about this. Not, yeah, just eat meatloaf and watch, you know, um, cartoons or something like that. I can do meatloaf. Let's, um, let's get rid of this nasty guy and let's do, let's do meatloaf night. Okay, great. Uh, do you know how to make it? Um, it's just meat in the shape of a loaf, right? That sounds right. I feel like we can figure it out. Sometimes at school there's ketchup on it. I'll send my dad to the grocery store and it he'll he'll know what to do, I think. Do you think that he's going to be mad at you for like sneaking out of the house after he grounded oh, you? Oh, absolutely. This date is probably going to take place in a month. Okay. If I'm lucky. Cause but I could just sneak out again. Okay. Feeling adventurous. <laughs> Oh, I need to text Angela real quick and let her know I'm okay, make sure she's okay. And then, have you seen Wally since you've been here? Um, I saw the top of his head, like, as it was going through the floor when we got in. Um, and then I yelled his name a bunch of times, and he didn't answer me. So, uh, he must be busy with ghost stuff or, like, really important magic stuff. I'm sure that's what it is. We see Penny... Um heavily sigh at the state of her phone but uh, use it enough to send Angela a quick message to say hey I'm okay how are things with you question mark send and then um, look up at the ceiling and go Wally that normally works Angela sends a text back with a sad face and then the skull and crossbones (laughs) (laughs) Angela is sad and is dead what Zeke sends a text in the group chat that says, wait, Angela, did you die too? What? (laughs) (laughs) Angela, (laughs) you see the little um, dots pop up because Angela's typing and then it stops and then it starts going again. Wait, dead? You, who died? Zeke, you see the three bubbles pop up and then they go away and then they don't come back. (laughs) (laughs) Hex says, "Um, wait, do you guys have a separate group chat with just the three of you? I'm not getting any of these messages. Oh, yeah, but I should add you to it since you've... It was mostly because Zeke likes to send erratic messages in the middle of the night. Um, Honestly, we don't use this group chat for much that's important. So it's really doing you a favor that you're not in it, but we can add you if you want to keep up with his thoughts. I mean, kind of, yeah. Like, well, I'm in the group chat with, with, I thought, with you guys, but I'm looking at it. It's all just these dog pictures that I sent. (laughs) Oh, no. I don't think I'm in that chat. Who have you been sending those to? Oh, I guess I don't have any of these numbers saved in my phone. Heck. <laughs> you just type numbers in? Is the first one like one, two, three, four, five, six? Look at this one, though. He's using a slide. Oh, that's really cute. It's just a bunch of replies in this group chat. People going like, stop. In all caps. Take me out of Please this stop. chat. Please <laughs> stop. Unsubscribe. Yeah. <laughs> 
camera zooms out from the scene of Heck and Penny seated on the couch so that we can see the space directly above them where we see posed as though he were lying on a chaise lounge despite the fact that there's not a chaise lounge floating in the air with him. The ghost of Wallace Patter Goodwin. One hand on his head like it's like it's propping it up even though he's floating in midair. The other hand holding a glass of in theory liquid. <laughs> We see Heck shift his gaze up slightly from the couch, and he says, Oh, hey, there's Wally right here. Dang, I guess I just forgot to look up again. Hi, Wally. Yes, hello. Hey, Wally, how's it going? Oh, I'm fine. How was your nap? Mm, I got grounded, and that's why I had to take a nap, because I fell out of my window. <laughs> okay. But I'm okay. Do you feel well-rested? Hmm. No. I must say, that thing you do with your eyes while you sleep is terrifying. You were watching too? Horrifying. Hey, yes, you let him watch? The... I didn't know he was in here. Oh, I've been here the whole time. Sorry. <laughs> I wasn't mocking you or anything. <laughs> I just wanted to try accent. it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. Let me see if I can do it. Um, I'm Heck. That was good. I'm Heck Gently. Yeah. I'm a robot. I am. Yeah, you are. That's good. That must have been programmed in there somewhere. Wallace's face is just is like just frozen in cringe. Wally, do you feel like you're home in England again? Welcome home to England, Wally. Hello, governor. I'm Heck. Fancy a cup of tea. Cuppa? Yes. In yes. it. <laughs> We're really good at this. Yeah. Yes, so authentic. I feel like I'm back home. So, Wally, I know you were kind of involved in our early planning process of defeating this rock priest anchorite. Um, yes. But I need some help from you. So our current plan, or at least my part of the plan, is to use a holding spell, which I've never really done on someone. And I, But my biggest issue is I don't know where to hold this creature being. Like, where, where's safe? Where could never be stumbled upon by someone who doesn't deserve to get hurt and also where he won't be able to like break free and be powerful again. Mm. The moon. Yes. Well, he likes space, oh, right? Shoot, that's right. kind of where all my nightmares come. I don't really yeah. want to venture into space territory. Shoot. I just know that like that's the last place I would want to be. Yeah. Oh, but the gravity is so light I would be my throws would be so long there. Maybe I do want to go to the moon. Anyway, um... Oh, but it's really cold in space, though, huh, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. I Probably, right? Yes, heck, I believe it is rather cold in space. It's quite cold in space. Yeah, but I guess maybe, like, because... No, I'm stop made talking now. Hold on. Computer processors. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Children, what do you know about alchemy? Well, we're teenagers, but... I'm a robot. I'm like a hundred. I think I'm made of some space stuff, now that we're thinking about it. So nothing is what I'm gathering from those answers. Nothing. We know nothing of alchemy? Alchemy. We don't have that class. Like, um, I know that I'm a Sagittarius. No. Which is why I'm so intuitive. I've heard that. <laughs> I saw a meme about it. How do you know that you're a Sagittarius? Do you know when your birthday is? Do you have a birthday? Um, I just have a t-shirt with a goat on it that my mom gave me. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> well, 
<laughs> Wally just sees Wally just like stares at Heck and squints for a second and then turns to Penny. So, alchemy. <laughs> alchemy is the science of transmutation. It's the art of turning one substance into another substance, okay? So, in alchemy, every substance in the universe has intrinsic properties. Alchemy, much like physics or your more real sciences, has laws, the most famous of which being the law of equivalent exchange, but the second most famous of which is the law of oppositional properties. Like the property brothers. One of them dates Zoe Deschanel. What? Did you know that? <laughs> no! I would never have put them together, and- I thought she married that elf. That was fake. That was Will Ferrell. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were talking about the lead singer of Death Cab for Kids. <laughs> I was like, calling Ben Gibbard an elf. I, know, I was like... <laughs> I don't know, I, I don't watch a lot of movies. So. Just that one. <laughs> Kids, kids. Sorry, we haven't got to hang out in a while. Important message. I know, I'm listening, go, go, go. Wally adjusts his posture so that he's not laying down anymore, but like his head stays in place, so his body just rotates downward so that he's now upright. Penny mimes, zipping her lips, and then reaches across and zips Hex, too. Thank you. So, the law of oppositional properties states that there are three fundamental dualities of the universe. Three dualities upon which everything falls to either one side or the other. Light and the darkness. Heat and the cold. Dry and the wet. So, this rock priest, he was up in space for an untold amount of time. Millennia, millions of years as far as we know. Tell me, Penny, light or dark, which is space? We see Penny unzip her lips. Dark. Very dark. Scary. Hot or cold, which is space? Cold, we said that. Wet or dry, which is space? Probably dry. It's quite dry, yes, 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 it's dry. A vacuum is dry, it's nothingness. It's, it's, it's the absence. Wetness requires water, it requires something to be there to make it wet. Dryness, the absence of it. Do you see where I'm going with this? He looks frantically between Penny and Heck. Heck uh, points at his lips, which are still zipped. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Penny reaches over and unzips him. We gotta put him in a hot tub. <laughs> hot tub time machine! <laughs> yeah. Okay, you're not as far off as, as, as honestly I thought that answer was going to be. Yes! Thank you, coach. Yes. I, mean, I mean, Wally. <laughs> but you're not far off, yes. So, the priest has inherited the properties of the environment in which he resided for so long. Coldness, dryness, darkness. Therefore, his opposite is the key to his destruction. So heck, a hot tub is indeed hot and wet, but one, you're missing one of the three key dualities. Second, you're going to need something an awful lot hotter than a hot tub. Lava. A lava tub. Or you could put him into the source of the lava itself, the Earth's very molten core. A volcano. Yes, or you could just throw him into a volcano. Yes. Yes. What's easier? Well, if all goes according to plan and he does turn back into a large rock, that should be a physical object that you can manipulate with your telekinesis just as well as you can anything else. Yeah, I just have to be on my A game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
So where does the holding spell come in? Um, well, that's kind of on me. Um, Penny, a holding spell works much the same way any other magic you use works. By thinking really hard. Precisely. Yes. Penny, could you hand me a pad of paper and that pen, please? Yep. Thank you. And we see Wally uh, hold the pad of paper up and start to write something on it as he continues speaking. Now, Penny, a holding spell works much the same way the rest of your magic works. The power comes from within you. You must concentrate, focus your will on keeping him in one location. Oh, and of course, you'll also need this. And he turns the pad of paper around to reveal an intricately drawn circle with a series of runes around it. Carve these runes into the ground, draw them on something and have him stand on it. Uh, do whatever you can, inscribe these runes in some way on the site in which you wish to trap him, and then do all of the other things I said about concentration and your will and all of that. Okay, so holding spell to hold him, turn him back into a rock with mm-hmm. Zeke's thing, and then once he's a rock, don't need a holding spell anymore, Mm-mm. put him in the volcano, good to go. Mm-hmm. That should destroy him once and for all. So I guess it doesn't really matter where I do the holding spell. I just need to make it safe enough for us to turn him into a rock. Got it. Yes, preferably somewhere where, um, you know, while he gestures to himself, innocent bystanders won't be nearby to be consumed. Yeah. If the opposite of this guy is daytime, right? Light, wet, hot. Would that stuff, like, weaken him during the holding spell, too? Like, let's say we did put the holding spell in, like, a hot tub or something. Would that maybe sap some of his power, at least until we could re-rockify him? If we're operating purely on alchemic principles, which I always am... Heck nods. Yes, it should. So we could just shine a bunch of lights on him, also. Not that the hot tub's not a cool idea. I love a hot tub. I don't have one. We can work out those details uh, later. I feel a lot better about my plan now. Thank Good. you so much, Wally. That's that's why I'm here, evidently. Okay, so I guess next part of the plan is meet up at Zeke's and see where they are with the invention. Angela will probably meet us there soon. And then I guess we got to get a move on fighting this rock priest. I'm going to check Zeke. We see Penny pull out her phone and take Zeke. Come pick me and heck up. We got a plan! Exclamation point. We cut to the basement laboratory of the Linz, plural. One Jeff, one Zeke. Both together with another, not a Lin, this one, an indigo, comma, Vesper. Oh, and on the computer screen, that's not a picture or a, a movie. No, it is a ghost. <laughs> the ghost now ghost in the machine of one Grud Fuddrucker. Okay, so how do I, uh, can I go like, uh, go to websites or I just... I feel I'm just in like an expansive green void right now, and I don't see any apps or s- software. Yeah, yeah, um, yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, hey, Dad, where's the reverse on the ghost microscope? Uh, well, it's not a ghost microscope. It is an electron microscope, and I've never put a ghost in it before. Uh, so 
I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know. Okay, Vesper, can you go to file? Okay, can you go to export and see what happens? Go where? Go on what? Go on the what computer. What are you talking about? Go on the computer on the machine that Grud is in. This, your whole house is a computer. Why do you expect me to be able to do this? Okay. <laughs> you live here inside this computer. I don't know what any of these commands are. There's just holes in the wall and screens. Okay. All right. Um, Plus, also, now that he's in there, don't we want to like, we did this for a reason, right? Oh, yeah. I was, well, I, what I expected was for the microscope to just scan him and then give me a page of results. I didn't expect the monitor to just display a pixelated grud at me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. The microscope put grud into the into the computer. I know. I said I'm sorry a million times. No, 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 I no, no. I didn't know that was going to happen. No, wait, 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 wait. Your wait. mom built it. My mom built it? What? No, that one. Their mom built it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's probably powered by orphan hearts or something. But wait, hold on. Vesper, do you remember that thing I said about ghosts and about how they're, they're like light because they're there, but they're not? Right? Yeah, I remember Zeke. It's the only remotely like science adjacent thing I've ever actually heard you say. Okay, 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 okay. This thing took Grud, who, let's pretend for a second, is made of light, and it somehow turned him into little bips and bops inside that computer. Uh huh. Not unlike, say, a digital camera does to pictures and turn it into little bips and bops inside an SD card. Okay. This is starting to sound less like real science and more like a string of exposition from a bad science TV show. That's how I work, baby! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to realize that. So, if we can figure out how this freaking thing works, which I'm sure you can since your mom built it, apparently, we can figure out, like, somehow this thing is... We can figure out how to turn ghosts into little bips and bops, and maybe we can, you know, like convert the ghosts inside the rock priest into little bips and bops and just suck them out of them, put them on a flash drive. Just give me a moment while I, um, I allow my subconscious to process the borderline incoherent ramblings that you just emitted and turn them into actual ideas. Zeke just clenches his fists and stares and then starts tapping his foot when Vesper takes too long. Mr. Lin? Yeah? This walk-in electron microscope that you say my mother built? Well, I mean, you know, all of the component parts were designed in her laboratory. Uh, obviously, I assembled them myself. It's not like your mom has a walk-in electron microscope store, you know. She just, well, she built the, the power core and the electron matrix there uh, and most of the cathode ray tubes. Um, and whatever that humming green box is. <laughs> so everything. But uh, it didn't work until I plugged it into the box, so I know it's important. Vesper says, um, yeah, I've seen that box or ones like it in my mom's lab before. What is it? Is it like a, like a, like a, like a arc reactor cube or what, what is it? What is that? What is what? An arc reactor cube? Is it like a little cube that, is it like a power source? Is it, is it, uh, what is it? Are you familiar with Thomas Young's famous dual slit experiment? Where light was projected through a series of slots, allowing its waveform to be separated and its particle form to be observed as the particles hit the specialized sheet behind the slots. 
Didn't understand half of it, but let's let's pretend I did and keep going. Long story short, inside this box is a quantum computing version of that same experiment. My mother designed a specialized system that could convert waves and particles back and forth at will. In the hands of a real scientist, you know, that might have been used to solve world hunger or create unending fusion power. Free energy for everybody forever, basically. Yeah. Uh-huh. My mom uses it to torture chupacabras, but... <laughs> in principle, I think that box is what converted Mr. Fuddrucker here into, as you so elegantly put it, bips and bobs. Oh, ah, ah, I'm having a, I'm having a brainwave. What was that thing you just said about about the quantum computer inside? And it it, it it flips between waves and particles constantly? You mean all the stuff I said? Yeah, 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 yeah. But the thing about waves and part it flips back and so so like like the, the the stuff inside the box, the light inside the box exists in a state where it is both light and particle at the same time but also neither, like a Schrodinger cat situation. Not in so um, the content of what you're saying is all wrong, but the spirit of what you're saying is vaguely accurate. Okay, okay. So, when we were back at Flo's house, Kerrigan Orb, the ghost of the Omega Witch, said something about ghosts being crystallized uncertainty. Is the box just that? Well, far be it for me to uh, claim to be able to interpret what that um, cryptic spirit was spouting off about, but... Uh... Yeah, crystallized uncertainty. I mean, that's just quantum indeterminacy by another name. So basically, that box is acting like a like a converter switch, and that's how Grud done got in the computer. Hello. <laughs> so if we can make some kind of device to... You put that thing in the middle, right? And at the front end, you got the input that's sucking the ghosts out of the rock priests. And at the back end, you, you could just put, like, it seems like... A flash drive or a hard drive or whatever, and all ghosts go into there. Vesper nods. They say, um, in principle, some of what you're saying could work. The big unknown is mastication. Ch chewing? If I feed you, Zeke, a hot dog, and then I invent a gun that can suck the contents of your stomach out of you, I don't end up with a hot dog. I end up with goo. Mm. So the question at the end of the day is, does he chew them? But either way, if we can use this to suck whatever energy he's converted the ghosts into back out of him, then regardless of whether or not we can recover the ghosts, we should be able to siphon his power away. Turn back into a nasty rock. In principle. Okay. Well then, Vesper, we're moving into my area of expertise. Nonsense. Let's build us a gun. And with that, we hear the telltale sound of someone sliding down the chute that is the only entrance to the secret basement laboratory. Oh, who's here? Penny and Angela didn't text me. Are they here? Are they coming down? Well, I'd say it's Sophia back from her date, but she doesn't normally use the slide as she can just move in and out of the walls at will. And then we hear the telltale swish of an iris door opening followed by a meaty kerthump as the grayish, mummified, desiccated corpse of one, Quest Olsen, slides ignobly across the floor like a curling stone. 
And with that, again. (laughs) And with that, they hear sounds of another person coming down the chute. Oh, God! It's another body! Close the door! Seal it! Vesper, seal the chute! (laughs) (laughs) The lens were unsuccessful in closing the chute. (laughs) As one Angela Atticus Jr. plops out of the slide. Ah, Oh! Angela. And she points to Quest Olsen's lifeless body. Y'all, we have a problem. Did you throw the bo- did you throw a body down the slide? Angela! That's so gross! There's probably bits of corpse all up and down it now. Hi Angela! Oh. I'm in the metaverse now. Hey Grud! Uh, <laughs> looks like y'all have been using your time wisely. Um, yeah. um the rock priest sucked Quest Olsen's soul out of her body. Oh shit, that's Quest. Oh fuck. I guess her quest has come to an end. Crud. But I'm bump. No thanks a lot, Angela. Now I'm going to have to clean corpse crumbs out of the slide. That wasn't sarcasm either. Thank you. I enjoy doing that. And also, I am not programmed for sarcasm. What I am programmed for, though, is reading these credits. Penny White is performed by Miss Lawson. Angela Atticus Jr. is performed by Megan Stressman. Zeke Lynn, as well as Wallace Pattern Goodwin, are performed by James Kedlar. James is also the composer for all the podcast's original music. All other characters, human or otherwise, are performed by Philip Stressman, who is also the game master and producer of Dangerous Times at Chillhaven High. Additional sound effects, provided by Zapsplat.com. Monster of the Week tabletop game, created by Michael Sands. Okay, goodbye now. Time to go get my court sweeper.